Welcome to the English Montreal School Board Podcast, where you'll hear from the people within the EMSB community and beyond, beyond. people with some inspiring stories, and people who work very hard to make this board, the EMSB, the choice of thousands of families. Welcome to the podcast, as the EMSB Parents Committee will be presenting a virtual conference on Sunday, May 29th, and we want to talk about the opening session where mental health will be the focus. Joining me are Conference Chair, EMSB Parent Commissioner Daniel Tatone, Dietitian Juliana DeQuinzio, Teacher of Lester B. Pearson, Paul Carpontinis, and Brianna Sansalona is in Sec5. She'll be joining us as well, as will Lee Haberkorn, the moderator of the opening session. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. Daniel, tell us why it's so important for the conference this year to open with mental health. Absolutely. And uh, this, this has been a growing trend, uh, both in our conference and in discussion uh, at the parent committee um, through uh, one of one of, you know, as, as we run our parent conference, we see, well, what are the popular topics? Um, a screen addiction, mental health is a huge, huge topic. Um, and we uh, absolutely wanted to have a focus this year on that, especially with the uh, the 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 tapering of the of the pandemic and and what are the consequences what are the changes that occurred in the last few years uh, in terms of education in terms of schooling in terms of the students' health uh, and um, for in terms of mental health. Okay, tell me about some of the workshops and some of the workshops that parents can look forward to. Absolutely. So we have, uh, uh, as, as Julianne is here, we have a, a, a workshop on nutrition, student nutrition. We have uh, multiple workshops on dealing with literacy uh, tools for um, uh, uh, children with learning difficulties. Uh, we have workshops on bullying with a, a known public speaker um, talking about the five faces of bullying um, and solutions. Um, we have uh, uh, topics on adult education, uh, moving into an adult and vocational studies rather than the, the traditional uh, CEGEP and university paths. Um, we talk about, we have um, sessions on uh, behavior, on early childhood behavior and, and, and much more. So, that, so it's, it's a very holistic and encompassing uh, conference for resources for parents. Okay. And I know that the virtual exhibition hall is something super important this year, right? Absolutely. So uh, this we want to give the parents a feeling of um, you're at a conference. So you're going to be going from a keynote to a session and there's resources and there's actually games built into the, uh, the sessions like a kind of a, a treasure hunt built into the uh, built into the conference. And um, the exhibition hall, like a traditional conference exhibition hall, you'd be going from booth to booth and you can talk to resources about tutoring, talking to um, uh, people providing uh, educational games, um, extracurricular activities on coding and much more. So it, it's really a, that conference feel, but in a virtual environment. Okay, and we'll come back to you uh, in a second. You'll tell us how parents can uh, join the conference if you're interested in, in listening to the workshops and, and watching. We'll give that info uh, real soon. Uh, Paul is a teacher, and uh, Paul, tell me how uh, how school uh, has been, you know, more inclusive when it comes to the issue of mental health over the last few years. It's it's been more spoken about over the last few years. Um, I, I'm not sure at what point it became uh, less taboo to talk about our our mental health and uh, and supporting mental health amongst school students, uh, 
among staff members. Uh, but definitely, it, it's something that, that we do talk about it. Uh, to be honest, like it, it's become so much more of an issue during this whole COVID pandemic. Uh, like the, the, the students uh, uh, being separated from, from school when, when the pandemic first hit us uh, really hit students hard. Um, and our whole talk about the return to school, uh, a lot of that dealt with, well, how are we going to support our students' mental health? And what are we going to what, what are we gonna do to support students who are suffering now that they're isolated at home? Uh, so like, obviously, mental health awareness has been an important topic you know, pre-COVID, but uh, it's become so much more uh, of an important uh, issue uh, in the midst of COVID. Because uh, now we're we're seeing what kind of uh, what kind of emotional impact the pandemic has had on, on our families, on our students, on ourselves, and uh, like our, our schools are are doing some innovative things uh, to to try to uh, like we just had mental health awareness week. Yeah. Uh, like our, our our schools are are, are trying to trying to do innovative things to try to support our students. Like we we know that there's things going on and, and that everyone is is carrying with them a lot that we don't we don't see. Um, but but we know that that they're dealing with. Um, so uh, over the last few years, I, I know we've been having those active conversations. Like we we we've been doing uh, initiatives. Like for example, Lester B. Pearson, we we have uh, like a brain break space uh, to get, to give students uh, opportunities to to de-escalate if, if they're if they're having uh, a situation that that they can't. Uh, you know they can't function in the classroom properly, so they're, they're given a space and they're given support staff that that helps them uh, to to work on strategies. Um, just having conversations, uh, whether it's at a mental health awareness fair or it, it's talking about it in via classroom a conversation, or it's finding innovative ways to support students uh, at a distance who are struggling when we're when we're all at home due to due, due to the pandemic. Or even finding new ways to support them when we, when we came back and in, into our schools physically, but there's still uh, there was still a lot of work that needed to be done uh, to, to to make up for the losses that were suffered during uh, during our, our time in isolation. For sure, uh, Brianna Sansalone is a Sec Five student, um, and no one else can tell us but you, Brianna, what it's like. Can you put us in the shoes? Uh, of a teenager, um, and especially the last few years. Uh, how has that been? Okay, so as soon as COVID started, being isolated, of course, from like the whole school environment was extremely hard. Going to online classes felt more so optional. It didn't feel like we were actually learning anything or like supposed to be there. And yeah. then as soon as we started going back to school, Although we were more in person, it didn't feel as normal as it did like the previous years. It just, it didn't feel right. I feel like that's the best way to say it. And what kind of, uh, what kind of things are you hearing from your friends? What kind of sort of issues are, are, are some of, you know, your peers uh, going through in 2022? How, how difficult is it sometimes to be a teenager in, in, in 2022? I feel like now this year it's especially difficult because they're experiencing more anxiety with the fact that we're like in school first time for the full year and um, we have to do exams and we're not exactly prepared for that. And we don't know, we don't know how to be in class. Like we're not used to it. We don't, I don't know. Yeah. So there's a lot of fears, right? Yeah. I feel like it's a lot of fear. It's a lot of anxiety. And what have you, what are you guys learning about mental health? What is some of the sort of the, 
the main points or the most important thing that you've learned about mental health this year? I mean, for sure this year, mental health is more talked about. I would say that it's like been integrated into some of our classes, especially ethics. Uh, we've learned how like time management, how to deal with our mental health. I don't know, like um, anxiety, um, let's say like meditation, how to be more mindful in certain situations. So it's definitely more talked about. So I like that. And uh, yeah. Okay, we'll turn over to Juliana now. And of course, uh, the virtual conference taking place on May 29th. We want to remind people of that. Uh, Juliana, you are running yes. a session uh, yes. called What's on the Menu? Yes. And tell us a bit about how uh, nutrition can be so important when we're talking about mental well, health. I mean, nutrition, when you break down to simple facts, is like we all need food. We all need to eat. Uh, eating is very important. It gives us the nutrients that we need um, from, from the day you're born up until adulthood and as we get into old age. So I find that it's uh, nutrition is a very broad uh, topic because there's also a social impact to it. A lot of influences out there. And as parents, you know, we want the best for our kids. So, and our kids, we're seen as role models to our children. And when it comes to healthy living, living a healthy lifestyle, and also the onset of different social media platforms and internet, when we're constantly bombarded with messages about nutrition, and sometimes they're not always uh, portrayed in a very positive light or based on scientific research, uh, even shopping has become confusing. And what I've noticed is that people do want to eat healthy. They want to make healthier choices. And sometimes the marking of certain foods kind of, skews that or can be very confusing for for us for just the general consumer going to buy food so basically our aim is just to you know learn how to prepare healthy meals make it simple involve your children and your teens so that they learn how to cook um, and how to become a smart shopper read what you eat we even have activities in elementary schools pre-covid and we hope to reinstate that next year, teaching kids how to read what they eat, simple things. Uh, and it, it, it just, it's a life skill that they need and that they need to learn. Yeah, because we want parents to to uh, to get involved and to get their teens involved in the kitchen with them. Oh, right? definitely. So many benefits I mean, of that. Definitely. I mean, when you start very young, you kind of develop this habit, which you carry on into your teenage years. And then teenagers are very... Um, very, you know, they have particular likes and dislikes, which is fantastic. They're very aware of sustainability, uh, making healthier choices, and they're very, very knowledgeable. And I think that it's very important that they use these skills to actually implement and put themselves in the kitchen and put an apron on. We always, I always encourage students when I do, I did a class actually at Vincent Nasi, where we encourage students, uh, you know, if you want to Google, Google re research different recipes uh, and get stuff involved. And what we found is that kids that eat better, they perform better in school, they're more nourished, they more, have more balance of nutritional, meet the nutritional needs that they need because they are in development. And we encourage parents to do that. It's not always easy with teenagers, I get it, but uh, it's, it's at least we're showing them and as, as parents are role models. So if they see us doing it, uh, they're more likely to instill these habits in their teenagers and their children. And they carry forth these, these habits into adulthood. And also the other thing is, you know, we use the word mindful. And I think that's very important because when it comes to food, there's no good food, bad food. Uh, all foods can be enjoyed. And it's just uh, to look at food as a nourishment, not as punishment or as a reward. And so we try to portray this message through our workshop because um, sometimes, um, you know, with the stress of life, the stress of COVID, we turn away from food or we turn to food and we develop unhealthy eating habits. And so it's very important that uh, we get that understanding of the basics of what it means to eat well, 
to eat well, uh, be mindful of what we're eating and to enjoy what we're eating and to enjoy actually cooking and shopping and getting in the kitchen. So that's the message that I would like to portray. Um, yeah, when it comes to nutrition. Great. And you'll hear all that and more coming up uh, with the virtual conference on uh, May 29th, hosted by, we're so happy that Lee Habercorn is joining us. Lee. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I know it was uh, so important for you to be hosting this particular event, especially opening up with mental health. Yeah, it's something that I decided, uh, you know, about a decade ago to be very transparent about my entire life and all the struggles I've been through. Um, and for this exact reason, to try to help as many people as possible and to use my voice, my platform uh, to try to reach the next generation. You know, I, I know that uh, a lot of teens uh, look up to you and, and parents do as well. You know, I know you have a lot of, a lot of fans of, of all ages. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your, uh, you know, biggest message when it comes to mental health for, uh, you know, for teens and for parents? Oh, I thought you were just talking about like physically look up to me because I'm so tall. So that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. You know what? The, the truth is like in high school, there was no warning signs for me. Um, when I was in high school, I was like, you know, captain of the basketball team, leading the plays on the student council. I was doing everything quote unquote right. And I was this outgoing guy. Um, but inside, I don't even think I realized how, how much I was even struggling. And what ended up happening is all these insecurities that I just let kind of grow in me ended up leading me to a place where not only did I hate myself, but a few years later, I was standing under carry, really thinking that suicide was a good option. And it all stemmed from like these thoughts and these insecurities and lack of action in my high school days that brought me to a dark place with addiction um, and mental health. And so the only message I ever want to get out there to parents, to kids, to anybody is just whatever you're going through, like other people are too. And there's no shame in opening up and talking about things. Every single time I've been brave enough to kind of open up to somebody, I've only been met with open arms. And kind of that's the message that I think is so important. Yes, for, for people in high school, but for parents, not to be judgmental, not to try to push to get information out of kids, just to, you know, maybe talk about what they've been through, what they're struggling with. And that encourages like an environment where maybe the teen's going to want to open up also. How does a teen take that, that first step? It's such, it's such a hard step, but it's such a rewarding first step. How did, how does that, what's the, what's that, that small first step that, that a teen should take if they're struggling and they need to open up. And you know what? And it's, it's so easy for all of us to sit here and be like, yeah, just take that first step. It is, it is so hard when you're in it. And I, and I totally, sympathize and understand it that first step can mean so many different things it could be reaching out to a friend a parent a teacher like i wish i would have had the courage even you know getting away from like mental health stuff per se but like i wish i would have had the courage in high school to turn to one of my teachers and be like hey i'm having a hard time reading but like the, the fear of judgment the fear of looking silly just was so big in me and the amount of stuff I could have gained just by like asking for help. Um, you know, and we also live in a day where that first step could just be taking out your phone and Googling something to try to, you know, realize you're not alone. You know, that wasn't an option when uh, you and I went to high school. Hmm. You, you had to go see, you know, seek professional help. But we're fortunate that the schools, the teachers are, are equipped to help us get through whatever we need today. Daniel, there's, there's, there's so much uh, for, for parents to learn at this session, right? 
Absolutely. And I, I think um, there, there's also the opportunity to ask questions here. So during our keynote, there's going to be a, a Q&A and a chat feature. So um, the, please, uh, parents, if you have any questions, uh, this is the opportunity to, uh, to, to get involved, to get some really interesting information and get some answers to some serious questions about mental health. Okay, Daniel, tell us how people can uh, can join the conference and all the details uh, that parents need to know to get on board. Absolutely. So um, we the easiest way to, to just register is going to the website www.emsbparents.ca. And uh, from there, you'll have a registration link and a link to actually join the conference once you've registered. Um, you, it's uh, free registration up until May 15th. As of May 15th, it will be a $10 registration fee. And um, uh, we welcome you. This is a, an opportunity for all parents uh, and teachers, teachers with kids, teacher parents um, uh, to find amazing resources uh, to, um, for parenting and uh, special needs and mental health. Lee, uh, Brianna, uh, Paul, Juliana, and uh, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll uh, see you May 29th. Excellent. You've been listening to the English Montreal School Board Podcast with Suzanne Desotel. Make sure to subscribe to this and the Inspirations Podcast, Quebec's only podcast dedicated to the special needs community on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening.